I find it interesting that you focus so much on sales. It appears to me many people lose focus of that. They get caught up in everything else but sales and everything else becomes more important, be it the operations, be it the systems, be it the HR, be it everything else. Without sales, you don't have anything else around you. So while you recognize everything was table stakes, and when I see all the landscape companies out there, lawn mowing companies out there, they're actually doing the wrong thing, aren't they, Brian? They're not doing the right thing. They're not selling enough. Nobody teaches us how to run a small business ever. I mean, we're not taught it yeah. in school. We're not taught it in college. So hopefully you stumble across books, podcasts, YouTube, university, you stumble onto these concepts and, and apply them to your business and invest in them. They're expensive. It's expensive to build out this type of process. It's expensive to hire personnel to, to help you run it. It's expensive to bring in consultants and to help you tune it. But you see this everywhere that the best product doesn't win. It's the best marketed product. You know, McDonald's is yes. a horrible burger, but they're the, the worldwide leader. And why is that? It's not always the case, but usually it's, it's not the best product that wins the market. It's the best marketed product. And so the money is invested into the, the sales engine. And that's what propels the business forward. Not necessarily you just quality and service, integrity, honesty, reliability. These things don't propel the business forward. It's a sales engine at the core of it. Distribution is more important than anything else. I've experienced this when I was building GreenPal that first time founders worry about product. Second time founders worry about distribution. And so the first time founder is worried about product and they're over indexing on the things that I just said, quality, integrity, reliabilities. And the second time founder knows that all that stuff is important, but that's the entry price to the game. What really matters is distribution. How are we going to get this product into the hands of our customers? How are we going to connect with our customers, find them, meet them where they are and offer our solution to them? How are we going to distribute this thing in a way that is cost effective? And the second time founder knows that that's 10 times harder than the first part. Brian, why is it yet so many founders still don't focus on distribution? They focus on everything else but distribution. Is it because it goes back to sales, Brian, which is difficult? You got to go talk to people. Is that what holds a lot of people back, you think? Which is, oh no, I got to go talk to a bunch of people to sell them something. It's definitely the harder part of the equation. There's a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Reese, and it basically teaches you one thing, get out of the building. And what he means by that is get out from behind the laptop and go talk to your 10 or 20 or 30 customers and figure out what they wish your product or service would do differently. And then use that free R&D to figure out how to get 10 times more of those customers. And that stuff's not fun. Like going to Starbucks or going to somebody's house and meeting with them at their kitchen table is just, we're not inclined to do that. And it's the not fun part. So we want to do everything else but that. We want to work on the brand strategy or what the website looks like or, or, you know, all of these things that might matter at some point, but they don't matter right now at level one or level two of the game at times and have been resident to get out of the building or pick up the phone and talk to my customers. But it's the part that's like the highest leverage. Talking to customers is high leverage time. I think a good parallel can be like the music industry. And yes. you think that the hard part is learning how to write a song, learning how to sing, learning how to play the guitar coming up with the money for some studio time, cutting an album. And you think that's all of the hard part. And then you realize as a musician, I imagine that the hard part is, is actually getting a hundred people or 10 people to show up at a dive bar to watch you play yes, or to stream your music 
And that's actually the hard part. I saw an interview with T.I., the rapper, yes. the other day, who's now a big-time record exec. He's got his own label and whatnot. He says all the time he'll be walking down the street and people will come up to him and say, let me, let me do a freestyle for you. And he's like, they are going to like bust this freestyle. It's going to be so good that I'm just going to sign them on the spot. And he goes, what they don't realize is, he's like, you could do the best freestyle I have ever heard, and it's not going to matter. Because I almost don't care about that. I want to know how many TikTok followers do you have? How many Instagram followers do you have commenting on your stuff? How many streams do you have on any of the streaming services? I want to look at that. And I want to look and see how you can get that early adoption and how you can show evidence of that. And then I come find you. And so like, as founders, we can learn from that. We can learn that the music is almost table stakes. The product is table stakes. The quality service is table stakes. The hard part is getting people to show up to the show, streaming the music, getting people to try the product and continue to use the product is the hard part. And that's where we need to spend all of our time. I love the analogy with the music industry. I, I never really considered it that way. But then when I reflect upon what you said, I think about artists like Jay-Z peddling his CDs or just out there talking to as many people as possible. Uh, and then you look at modern day artists like Drake or Taylor Swift. They're extremely talented human beings. There's no doubt about that. But their ethic to build their reach, to build their distribution, that is really, I think, is what unmatched. When you look at super artists and people who are extremely successful is what happens before they get on stage or before they even write a song. Exactly. And it's just one more example of, is Drake the best rapper who ever lived? No, but he's definitely, by any yardstick, one of the most successful. And so it's just another example of the greatest product not winning is the best distribution and the best sales engine at its core that does win. We will never see another Taylor Swift or Drake in our lifetime because those two artists emerged during the emergence of social media and they learned how to build an audience, build distribution and create music. Yeah, totally. Again, I don't have a, any musical talent in my DNA, but I do love looking at the parallels between the music industry and, and business. You know, everybody was all worried about AI music there for a while, that it was just going to like take over everything. And the reality is in the last 10 or 15 years, there's never been a shortage of music to go listen to. You could never get to the end of Spotify or YouTube music. And AI music is kind of the same. The well-distributed music that, that's going to win and always continue to dominate. And I don't think AI music will have any effect on that. And the same is in business. Is AI going to destroy my business or yours? Probably not. It's more or less the why behind the business and the marketing and distribution machine behind it that's going to make it succeed or not. So yeah, I'm, I'm always fascinated with that. 